Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Uh, by this time, most have heard about the tragic uh, helicopter accident in Los, Los Angeles, California that took the life of the NBA star Kobe Bryant, his daughter Janina, if I say her name right, and the seven others that lost their lives, and this is the accident that shocked the world. As I'm reading uh, the Washington Post and athletes and fans, politicians, celebrities as well, but they're trying to struggle, they're struggling how to process this. I read a few things that caught my attention. I said this, said Michael Jordan was in tears, Magic Johnson uh, was in shock. Shaquille Neal said, I've lost a little brother. Dwayne Wade said, words cannot describe the pain that I'm feeling. Other people are saying Kobe and Jania death has uh, made them think about what's really important in life, family, friends, loved ones, etc. And have said uh, that you need to value every moment. Don't hold grudges. Spend time with those you love. Invest in your children. And, and it goes on and on. I'm couple weeks ago after the accident they uh, uh, in uh, L.A. where Kobe played for, I think, 20 years of his NBA career, at, uh, they're having a, you know, before the game, I think the Trailblazers are playing the Lakers, and they had a seven-minute uh, speech by LeBron James, and but very emotional speech, you can imagine. But, but this death has shocked the world over many times. But I got to thinking about this, uh, you know, Every one of us have an appointment. Every one of us having a day of an appointment with God. We're going to stand before God each one of our life, and and uh, we don't know when that's going to be. Uh, let's hope we all have some time, but you never know. So let's, with that in mind, let's go to our text. Just one verse. So it is appointed for man to die, but after that, the judgment. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you this morning. God, let there be an anointing, a grace of God upon this word. I pray, God, bring a conviction home to our spirit, God, that we have little time. Uh, God, help us to spend the time that we have wisely. God, make impact for eternity for you with our lives. God, this life that you have given us, I pray, God, speak to every heart, every life today. God, minister by your blood, by your power. God, not let one escape this morning. Uh, God, without your presence, your power, God, being made real to them, I pray salvation in the house of God. And all God's people say, amen, the appointment this morning. So this accident I just described has got people thinking, what if that was me? As I begin to listen to the radio and begin to read the news, that was over and over. Uh, people would think, what if that was me? What if my life was to end suddenly? Kobe's in his prime of his life, uh, 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 low 40s and his daughter 13 years old a rising star and those others on 
And what if that was you and me? This is what people are saying. What if that was me? Uh, uh, but the truth is, like I said, we all have an appointment. We're all going to stand before God. Uh, and money and fame cannot stop that appointment. When that day comes, we cannot hit stop. You're not going to be able to hit pause or rewind. Uh, it's not going to be able to be a redo. We have one life. God has given us one precious life to live. Uh, and I wonder uh, how many, as they uh, you know, go towards the end of life, and, uh, what, I wonder how many wonder, could I have lived it a little different? Should I have lived it a little different? Uh, and, and stuff like this kind of gets our attention, doesn't it? So we have just one life. It's going by very quickly. James 4.14. What is your life that's even like a vapor? That appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You know, time goes quick, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like two days ago I was 20 years old. And, I mean, time goes very quick. I remember when my children were birthed. And I remember there were babies coming up as little children, you know. And today my daughter's 37, got four kids of her own. My son's uh, 24, and he's got two of his own. And time goes quick. God has given us a short span of time uh, that we can make impact with our life. See, the truth is, many people are living very foolishly. As you look around in life, you, get, you probably know people, family members, friends, co-workers. Uh, you say they're living foolishly. They're taking gambles every day with their life, and that's true today. There are people living for self and things. Ecclesiastes 2 says this about it, verse 10. The writer says, what? Whoever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure that I looked, and indeed all was vanity and grasping for the wind. Here's a man that said, you know what? Everything I wanted, I went after. I didn't keep myself from anything. That's the picture of the world that we live in. Uh, people are living foolishly, living for things, uh, possessions, things they can put their hands on. Uh, Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Amen. So Jesus is dealing with the man that was grasping for everything. And the foolish uh, thing we can do this morning uh, is begin to live for things instead of for God. Begin to live for what we can get and how much we can get. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with having things, but how I many if that's everything, we're in trouble. See, we're eternal creatures tonight. And the foolish only consider the here and now. Uh, they take no thought for eternity. I was dealing with some uh, people just a little while back. And I asked them, I said, what about eternity, man? They're living for the now. They're investing everything they have, their money, their emotions, everything, uh, their time into the now. What about eternity? Listen, it's going to happen one day. Luke 15, verse 11, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. He divided the property between them two. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey to a far country. There he squandered his property on reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields uh, to feed pigs or swines. And he was longing to, be, uh, to eat from the pods that pigs ate. Uh, no one would give him anything. That's a picture of life right there. That's a picture of all those uh, 
that would sell their soul out or give their life only for things. Here's a young man. Uh, I'm sure if he was uh, able to do it all over again, knowing what he knows now, uh, he'd say, hey, I'm not leaving the Father's house. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying put. I'm going to make my life count for God. Uh, but how I many? that's a picture of humanity. How many people are going into the world uh, and trying to get everything for themselves, but a famine hits? How I many know famine always hits? Uh, especially those who leave the house of God uh, to go get to all the things in the world. I've seen it too many times where uh, people just leave and, and grasp and get. Uh, a famine always hits. You know, truth is, death is for certain here. We, you know, we've all been late for an appointment. Come on. How many have ever been late for an appointment? Doctor's appointments. Will you name other appointments? All been late. Job appointments. Uh, we can get over that, can't we? We can reschedule. We can say, hey, I'm sorry, uh, uh, maybe another day. But there's one appointment we're not going to miss. I was reading about the Flight 191 when, when 9-11 happened. It's very interesting, that flight. Uh, it talked about how some made it and some didn't make the flight. Uh, this is a flight in Chicago that was going to, to New York. I, I believe it was New York. And uh, so... It tells the story of those who didn't make the flight. Uh, they're panicking, they're running, they're trying to make the flight. The, the gates, the door closed, didn't make it. They're upset. How come you won't open the door? i got to get on that flight. You know, i got to make it. There's, a, there's other people that made it on that flight. Uh, as a miracle, they made it. It was like uh, they got all the green lights, you know, got, just got to the airport just in time, made the flight. Uh, I don't know that, that plane crash, that plane crashed, uh, just a short time later, killing all 254 on board. Uh, so you got has kind of has you thinking. Uh, what about the people that didn't make it and made it? Uh, well, there's an appointment for everyone. Well, and God only knows that appointment time, but there will be a time. See, well, power and position does not keep this appointment from coming. People can't say, "Hey, I got a million dollars. I'm not dying tomorrow." Come on. You can't say, hey, I'm famous, I'm important, uh, I'm involved in this and that, so I get some extra time. Luke 16, verse 19. There's a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and, and feasted every day. And at his gate, a poor man lied there named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed from what fell from the rich man's table. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and in hell. They both died. So whether we're rich, poor, have things, don't have things, uh, listen, we're all going to die. And this is not just a bummer sermon, so give me a chance here. He's just talking about death and dying. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go somewhere. But there's a reality today that, listen, time does go quick. Time goes very quick. Uh, it doesn't matter what we have in life. There will be a day, amen, we're going to, Open up our eyes in eternity. But what we see in this scripture, Luke 16, is who we live for makes a difference. The rich man, uh, uh, he didn't die because his rich time expired. Uh, was he sick? Was, he, was it a tragedy? Was it an accident? Who knows? But the Bible said he died. Uh, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. The, the Lazarus died. Uh, uh, amen. Was... Uh, carried to Abraham's bosom, but uh, how we live today is going to matter in eternity. I talk to people all the time in witnessing, uh, 
You know, they, uh, you know, some take life for granted, very, live life very questionable, uh, and some others just li- living in sin all the way. Christians many times uh, take gambles. You got to think about Kobe and his daughter. Very young, whole life ahead of them. But listen, we're all going to die one day. Look, segue when tragedy hits. Tragedy, unexpected tragedy happens in life. Everyone can look at a time where maybe a sickness, uh, a death in the family, something, a tragedy hits your life. A tragedy that not only hits your life, but maybe changed your life. Changed the emotions, the spiritual atmosphere, changed uh, everything about your life. Tragedy happens. Not only do we need God for eternity, but we also need God for tragedy as well. You know, people who don't know Jesus during loss and tragedy don't have anywhere to turn. And what caught my attention about Kobe and his daughter's death, these other seven people that died, I'm listening to the radio, I want to hear how people are responding, what they're saying. Uh, many people had no idea where to go. They don't know where to turn. This tragedy just shocked their life. Uh, their life now has pain, sorrow, agony, uh, and that's all they feel. And many times when uh, people die, tragedy happens. Uh, people live their whole life in this arena of pain, agony, uh, uh, struggle. Some never come out of it. I've seen a lot of people live in loneliness, despair, depression, turn to drugs and alcohol because of a tragedy because they don't have anywhere to turn. As I'm listening to the radio and different magazines I'm reading about after the death of Kobe and his daughter. This is the picture I was getting. People are, are lost. How come? Why? Uh, uh, many of the close ones, as I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, alcohol and drugs, different things, are turned out, trying to get some comfort. You know, as believers, though, we do have a comforter. When tragedy hits, we have somewhere to run. Psalms 121. I've lifted up my eyes to the hills from whence my help comes. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. How many know the Spirit of God comforts us? This is beyond the natural, beyond this world. Our help comes from God. Uh, our, our psalmist says in Psalms 121, uh, when tragedy hits our life, and tragedy does hit our life, uh, listen, we do have somewhere to turn God can come, God will come, and God will help. Uh, he's a God who knows us, knows our circumstances. He knows the words to say. He knows the things to do to help us, the healing of the heart. Can you say amen? St. Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of, 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 of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulations, that we may that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble. Amen. So God comforts those who fall on tragedy or hard times. And if you haven't lived for God long, uh, or if you have lived for God long, uh, uh, you fell on some hard times, and tra- you know how important that is. How God can speak a word, a sermon can come across the pulpit, uh, where somebody can say to you, as our text says here, God comforts us, we can comfort others. Uh, how many times you went up to somebody and say it's going to be okay. Uh, and you pray for God's going to help you. God's going to speak to you. And God does and God comforts. That's important. Can you say amen? 
That's very important. Many people in the world don't have that. Uh, but in the house of God, we do have that. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Uh, Jesus said, listen, you can always find comfort, rest in me, uh, and the invitation is to come. How many people do we know have run away from God in time of tragedy? Run away from the house of God, from church, when this is the place to be. You know what thing tragedy does? Tragedy opens the door to our minds and heart about our own mortality, doesn't it? How many had somebody die close to them, uh, and it gets you thinking? It opens up our own heart and our mind. We begin to think, what if that was us? What if that was me, uh, a guy named Skype Boldus, if I say his name right, after I heard the news of Kobe's tragic death. So I spent the rest of the day thinking about my own mortality and wondered, uh, am I, uh, am I uh, doing right or living right in this life? See, during tragedy, we feel our own inabilities and, and frailty, don't we? I remember when I first got injured uh, some 13, 14 years ago, and 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 I lived with that for 12 years, but I mean, in that time, uh, I mean, you feel it. Thank God for the grace of God and His healing power. You know, maybe you're suffering from something right now. Maybe a tragedy's happened in your life. Uh, but listen, God is here to comfort you. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus said, I've been sent to heal the brokenhearted. And you say amen there. Proclaim liberty to the captive and recover sight to the blind uh, to set at liberty those that, who are oppressed. Jesus said, listen, in the house of God, you can go ahead and find, you're going to find some comfort. In the house of God, listen, God reaches into our spirit, our soul. That's the best place to be. Uh, how many, my wife, I remember she got sick many, many years ago, had diabetes and uh, but in the house of God, we found the comfort. In the house of God, we found answers and healing and breakthrough. Let me bring this thing to a close. Talk about God's eternal plan for our life. Psalms chapter 8. The writer's responding uh, to here to a question. He says, when I look at the heavens and the works of your fingers, the moon, the stars that you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him? Think about this statement. The writer's looking at all the world, all, all that God's made, all creation, the heavens, the stars, the moon, uh, everything that we consider big and important. He's looking, but he said, listen, God's in attention set on man. What is man that you're mindful of him, uh, of all creation, all, of all that God has ever made? Uh, amen. Mankind is what's important to God. Mankind is God's uh, joy. Mankind is God's prize. Uh, uh, he made Adam and Eve. Uh, amen. At the, uh, and this was in his image. Adam and Eve made in his image the prize of God is humanity. How many know God's concerned about humanity? God's concerned about the lost. He's concerned about you and I that are saved. Uh, but humanity is God's prize. You know, God's greatest desire is to partner with man uh, to reach the unsaved. I believe uh, God's uh, greatest desire is to reach into his church, raise up men and women, disciples, uh, that we would reach the Kobe's, we'd reach the people uh, that went to, that's going to die and go to eternity without him. You know, maybe you've been told all your life that you're not important, 
your life has no value. You know, maybe that's true in the world, but that's not true of God. I'm amazed how God, who God uses in his house to reach other people. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 27. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the wise. The lowly things of the world, the things that they're despised and are not, uh, that we cannot boast in ourselves. You know, I, before I got saved, everyone said, Larry is no good. And I wasn't any good. What I did, the things I was involved in, they were right. Uh, uh, listen, everything, there's no way that he's ever going to make it. There's no way he's ever going to accomplish anything in life. Uh, but God said, I can use him. I can take him. I can save him. I can transform him. I can use his life. Uh, uh, amen. To do something and. And I believe this is God's desire to partner with you and I. Uh, God takes the broken, the fragile, the messed up, uh, and brings them in, saves them, transforms their life, and begins to use them powerfully to, to reach people. I was talking to somebody yesterday, Kai, Kai West, I get his name right. I'm listening to his, one of his latest songs, uh, uh, Closed on Sunday. And I I'm, I'm like that song, and I'm thinking about this. Uh, but somebody told me, they said, hey, do you know how he got saved? And I said, well, I'm not real sure. I heard a little bit. Uh, they gave me the story about how this man got saved. And it was just simply somebody in a hospital witnessing to him, uh, giving their testimony, but God breaks through. Uh, we don't know the person's name who witnessed to him. We don't know uh, anything about them too much. But here's God using somebody to reach somebody. And and who knows that person who reached Cayenne, uh, 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 you know, they knew who he was, but they didn't know the impact that was going to be made. Uh, God will use us to reach the world. You know, the world, again, might say, well, he's foolish, he's despised. God says, right on, but I'm going to use him to reach people. Listen, can God use you to reach the Kobe's of the world? Do you have a burden for the lost? Can God put his heart in you uh, uh, amen. When you look at people, are they just people, or are they, or, or is there something about that? You say, "I got to reach them for Jesus." God, give me an opportunity. God, give me boldness. God, give me a chance. Uh, help me reach these people. Help me reach somebody for Jesus Christ, because I believe uh, God will put that in our heart once we get saved, uh, and especially once we begin to see things. The impact again is Kobe and these people. Uh, made on the world right now, as you witness, you can just use these things and people automatically open. Many times since this accident, you know, you use it, I'm witnessing, hey, what about Kobe and his daughter? What about these other people? And, and you know, everybody knows sports, most people do. And automatically, the, the, the shields go down, they begin to listen to you. Begin to talk to them. Listen, we are the vehicles that God wants to use to reach the world. God's given you and I a great call in Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said to them, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, our greatest thing we can do is win somebody to Jesus Christ. The greatest thing you can do for God is not preaching, not singing, I've been on the platform, but reaching somebody for Jesus Christ. Listen, we can all do that. 
Every one of us have a testimony. Every one of us have something to say. You know, uh, I have people in my church, and, and I feel for them, thank God for them, but, you know, they use the excuse, well, I just, think, I just don't have the boldness. I just don't have the what it takes to witness to get somebody. I say, yes, you do. We may, you may do it a different way, but listen, uh, you can reach somebody. You can give your testimony, share what God's done with you. Uh, do everything you can to reach someone. Because I believe this is the heart of God. Uh, I mean, God has pulled us out of a, uh, a world that where we could have died. We could have ended up in hell like these others I mentioned in the Scripture. Uh, but God's pulled us out of that place in His, his church. Uh, put His Spirit within us, His vision, in, uh, and said, now go reach those who will die. Go reach those who are going to be lost for all eternity. Uh, and He's given us a job to do. You know, the close, eternity is closer than we might think for maybe for us or in others. The Bible says the point for man wants to die, but after that, judgment. I remember my dad died. Died real suddenly. I just got a phone call. I mean, it's, it's been 12 years ago now, but I remember sitting in my kitchen. I get a phone call from my sister, and I can tell something was wrong. You know, she's crying. She's upset. You know, she's not saved. And she's... And, she said, Dad just died. And, you know, so we begin the process. How did he die? What happened? You know, and I'm trying to get my stuff together, fly back home and, and different things. But, you know, I took, even though you lose somebody you love, lost my dad. But, you know what, I took joy. And I remember witnessing to my dad some years before that. And my dad get gloriously saved. He went through a bad divorce and my mom. Uh, but he gets gloriously saved. He's living for God uh, and he died saved. He died living for God. And I remember at go back to the funeral, my family said, Will you preach the funeral? I said, Absolutely. And so I preached in the funeral. I preached to my dad maybe five minutes. Hey, he's a good man. I, I said some good things. But what about you? I mean, I was straight up. What about you guys? Uh, you're sitting here and thank God for all of you came. You tell you love him, care about him. That's why you're here. But what about your soul, though? What if this was you in the coffin? Uh, have you made plans to meet with God? Uh, are you saved or are you not saved? Yeah. People are squirming in there. But you know, at the end, people, I said, would you like to give your life to Jesus? And people are raising their hands. I want to get saved. I want to live for God. And, and listen, we can all reach someone. Don't believe the lies of the world that says you can't reach anybody. I'm nothing. I can't reach anybody. You can't. Now, I don't know Kobe and his family, but I wonder if there was somebody in his life that would, would witness to him. I'm interested in stuff like that. I'll, get, I'll read into, especially sports people's lives, to see if they got people around them that will preach to them, around them that will declare the word of God to them. And they have a lot of people around them preaching. Now, whether they accept or not is one thing, but listen... We're the congregation of people of God. We have responsibility to reach someone for Jesus Christ. Come on. Don't be too quiet on me this morning. Thank God that somebody witnessed to you. Witnessed to me. I remember, I remember it's clear as day. Dennis Wright coming up to my porch. I'm getting stoned and drunk and separated from my wife. And he began to witness to me, tell me about Jesus Christ. And he kept following up on me, kept coming back. Some time later, I got saved. Uh, 
Me and my wife went to church, gave her life to Jesus. I'm here today, but I can never forget that moment. Will we take the time to witness to people? Will we take the time to get someone saved? The question this morning. Because listen, time is very short. Life's like a vapor. Here one day and gone next. You know, thank God we're going to go to heaven. What about the next guy? What about your family or your coworkers? Uh, what about them? I mean, I got saved. Let me tell you one more story, and I'll close. I get saved, and I mean, I was, I was a sinner among the sinners, man. My, all the guys I work with is all crazy, running around acting silly, acting stupid. Uh, that's how they knew me. And I remember I get saved that Sunday. I leave work Friday all crazy like the rest. Uh, I come in Monday morning. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about what God did. I didn't know a whole lot more than what just happened. Uh, one thing I'd say is God changed my life. I know I'm different. I, I don't want to cuss, drink, and do all that stuff anymore. I want to live for God. Yeah. But uh, after a few weeks of this, I mean, they're, they're seeing if I'm for real after a few weeks, a few months go by. Yeah. But this one guy comes up to me on my job and says, yeah, I'm a Christian too. And I said, well, thank God. You know, I don't, and I'm trying to talk to him. But I remember saying, why didn't you ever witness to me? Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you ever tell me uh, about and he gave me the, the silly statement, well, I'm just letting my life speak. It didn't speak to me. But what did speak to me when somebody opened up their mouth and said, hey, listen, and begin to witness to me, challenge me, that's what brought me to decision. That's why I'm here today. I'll leave you with this challenge this morning. I want you to witness to somebody. Who will accept the challenge? I want you to witness to somebody. don't have to be today, but at least this week. Witness to someone. Who will do that? I'm a witness to somebody this week. I'm going to tell somebody my testimony, tell somebody about Jesus. Listen, if you take the challenge this week, who knows what might happen? They might come in here next Sunday and get saved and live for God. Right? Let's bow our heads this morning. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh.